Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique and I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up before May 14th, you're gonna get the following. A magic morning journal, which is going to help you every day to set your energy in the right way, daily prompts. Plus, you're gonna get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me, and you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, you will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the Platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there, see what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. This episode is supported by NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits Today at netsuite.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So, oh my goodness, I'm going to say something I've never said on this podcast before. Are you ready? Drum roll. Well, I am 40. I can't believe it. I cannot believe that I'm 40 because I feel like just yesterday I was driving out here and I was 24 years old and I blinked my eyes and it's 16 years later and I have three kids and I've been with my husband 12 years and so much has happened in my business. I just can't believe it. And And I had an amazing birthday. I um, decided to take a staycation at my favorite hotel nearby, the Hotel Bel Air. And I actually did something that I've never done before. I told my husband that I wanted to go the first night by myself just to really sit and reflect on the last four decades and to, to dream about what's to come. I think it's just so important to really spend time with yourself. And it was just so awesome. You know, I got to Hotel Bel Air and I am staying in this incredible suite that has its own basically it has this beautiful patio that's just for the suite. And then this pool, this like heated pool, it's like a jacuzzi. And um, they left me this amenity of champagne and these cookies that they, they silk screened the Don't Keep Your Day Job logo on top of. And I just walked in and I was like, oh my God, I just can't believe like what's happened. You know, I, I came out here with my old Volvo and a million dreams. I didn't know how I would find my path or what exactly it was even meant to look like. I just knew that my heart was bursting and and that it still is bursting to make an impact. And I've always felt this pull to connect with other souls and to 
to lift you guys as high as I possibly can. And I just feel so blessed that without knowing where to step, I followed my heart and I listened every time I felt drawn to do the next thing. And it led me here. It led me to my husband, my girls, my beautiful friends, my music, this podcast. It led me to all of you. And you guys have no idea how much you add to my life and what it means to me to have found you guys in this very busy world. You just add so much um, and you make me feel so significant. And I hope that I hope that my journey, you know, this this kid who had like, you know, very average grades and a sort of dysfunctional childhood. And I hope that my story of how I was able to find my way here inspires you. And I hope that my journey and the work I'm doing continues to remind you how much is possible and that you don't have to be perfect and that you were created to improve this world. And I think that sometimes we forget that you're doing it all the time already. You know, sometimes you'll see somebody in the elevator and you'll just have a nice connection or you'll talk to your neighbor and you'll just feel, you know, something beautiful happen between the two of you. And that's what you're chasing. And I want you to just start putting it out there more. What do you want to create? What do you want to give? And you'll notice how fulfilling it is. And you'll also notice how a little bit can go a very long way. And you can not only start to feel a lot of purpose and beauty and happiness in this meaning you're creating, but you can really start to turn that side hustle into something that makes a significant amount of money every month. I mean, you could be selling cheesecakes and, you know, even if you're only selling them for 15, 20 bucks by the end of the month, maybe you'll start making $1,500 and then maybe it'll start to grow. And, it's just amazing. Like, let's say you love acting and you start teaching acting to kids and you're charging 15 kids, you know, 50 bucks a week to take a class, which by the way, I know that sounds crazy, but that's what I pay for my kids to take gymnastics, right? I was just telling this to a friend who she's an actor and she's trying to figure out how to not be a waitress and do more of what she loves, which is teaching acting when she's not auditioning. And I said, oh my gosh, like if you taught 15 kids for an hour, at 50 bucks a kid, you're making close to, what is it, 750 bucks? And if you taught two classes, that's $1,500 in two classes of 15 kids a piece. That's about $6,500 a month. I'm just saying that if you start to get resourceful and you start to look at things a different way, it's right here. You don't have to have a million followers. It's not Beyonce or Bust. There's so much room for you. And it was just so nice to spend a couple days dreaming about what I really want. And what I really want is to spend the next decade just really enjoying my kids. I realized that 10 years from now, my oldest, who's seven and a half, will be 17 and a half when I'm turning 50 in 10 years. And my middle will be almost 16 and my youngest will be 13. And so I realized that I want to spend the next decade just really soaking up this time with them. And the other thing I really want to do is recommit to marrying my husband because I feel like I'm married to my work in so many ways. And I just want you to know, it's like you can never be crushing it in all areas all the time. So while my work is just feeling just so lit up, there are so many moments where the juxtaposition of how I feel about my work and my kids and my friendships and all the new biz besties I've made. And it's like, then I look at my marriage and I'm like, oh, you know, it's not spending the same kind of time connecting. And I want to do that. I want to make that really vibrant and, and beautiful. You're going to love today's episode. Sarah Oster is joining us. She's a sound therapist, a meditation teacher, a musician, and an artist. She's dedicated her work to making meditation and sound baths accessible to everyone, which has made her a leading voice in the wellness movement. Sarah has led sound baths for up to 10,000 people at a time in iconic venues such as the Museum of Modern Art, Madison Square Garden, Lincoln Center, and Summer Stage in Central Park. She's given speeches about mindfulness and sound for companies like Google and Microsoft, and she's been featured in the New York Times, Time Magazine, Billboard Magazine, and Oprah Magazine named her a top meditation teacher in 2016. You know, so no big deal there. She is truly one of a kind. Um, her story has moments that are literally unbelievable. And what's really cool about this episode in particular is that she generously offered to play part of her sound bath experience. So you definitely want to stick around for the end of this episode because you are going to actually get um, a taste of a sound bath. 
I think you're going to love this episode. Without further ado, please welcome the wonderful Sarah Oster. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I don't even have words to try to express just what's happened in your career from this thing that you just started to do. But why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into sound healing in the first place? It's a long story, actually. Yeah. I have a background as as an artist and a musician. And, you know, ironically, I've never had a day job. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I've just devoted my life to exploring any particular creative or artistic pursuit that interested me uh, in the moment. And as I was working in New York City as a professional artist and musician, I was receiving attention and success and I was awarded a space grant. And I was working in my studio one night and I started to hear like this loud banging sound. And I thought, oh, there's a black box theater underneath. And I would always hear these actors acting yeah. <laughs> and just like strange noises at all, at all hours. But I soon came to realize that that loud banging sound was the floor breaking underneath me. Mm. Oh my and God. So I fell 15 feet into the black box theater with all of my work and belongings. And, um, I broke my back in four places and Mm. had a ton of soft tissue damage and was temporarily paralyzed. And Oh my God. Through this kind of struggle of kind of getting out of pain that I started to force myself to open up to quote unquote alternative ways of dealing with pain. Oh my God. I mean, that doesn't happen to people. It was like you were pulled out of your life by this event into this whole other path. And what were you doing with your art before then? You said you were having some success. Like what kinds of things were you up to? What were you making? Well, I was always fascinated with um, medical things, anatomy and, and those types of things as I spent a lot of time in in hospitals at a young age because my oldest sister, Jennifer, um, was sick for a long time and eventually passed away. And so as a young child hanging out in hospitals at a young age, I just started to kind of find different ways to keep myself occupied. So (laughs) I would like play with hospital things that I was allowed to. I mean, nothing dangerous, like unused bedpans and extra feeding tubes and things like that. And I was like making sculptures and instruments. And it was all very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was a way that I sort of kept myself uh, engaged at that time. And so ultimately, my my artwork began to to feature x-rays and, and medical charts and uh, uh, these kind of multimedia uh, interactive installations that wow. were tactile, that involved sound. And so I was creating these environments for, for people to walk into and, oh and hoping gosh. that they could kind of have this sort of sanctuary or moment to you know connect to their own feelings of of loss or, or pain and to feel, you know, safe in connecting to those emotions. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. And that's a pretty significant loss to lose your sister when you're young. It's really intense. And it's, um, I'm sure makes a huge imprint in many, many, many ways. Yeah. So where does the sound healing begin to enter the picture? So after you know, tons of physical therapy, getting off painkillers, working with a chiropractor, acupuncturist, you know, all very reluctantly. I too reluctantly started practicing yoga and because it was recommended by my friends, even though I thought, well, there's a very particular type of person that does yoga and I am not that person, you know, so I would go and just kind of uh, roll my eyes and fold my arms. And um, I eventually started feeling relief from it. Um, Mm. And then I 
started to feel so much better in my body that I had to learn more and more. And I started doing trainings and I would say to my teachers, listen, I don't, I just, so we're clear. I don't want to be a yoga teacher. And, and through that whole practice, I started to uncover a lot of layers of trauma that I had in my life. It was really ultimately through meditation and through the use of mantra and that type of sound. Mm-hmm. And I really started to understand as I delved deeper into the world of yoga and teaching yoga and meditation, how integral of a role sound plays in yoga. Mm. And so when I started to kind of make that correlation, I realized, you know, there's there's an opportunity here now to integrate. I mean, I had a lot of success as a yoga teacher eventually. So it was almost like a natural progression after 10 or so years of teaching yoga and meditation to start to integrate more of my artistic and musical self. That's beautiful. So amazing. And at what point did you start to say, I'm going to be doing sound healing? Like when did that actually start? When did you start gathering people together? And then how did it become a business? How did you start getting clients and build Mm. a community? It's interesting. I'm going to take this opportunity to say that I choose not to use the word healer and I don't Mm -hmm. call what I do sound healing because I feel that it implies that I'm doing something to you. Mm -hmm. And it's more about holding space for other people to, to come to an understanding or discovery or connection within themselves. And so I knew that very well, you know, as a, as a teacher. And so I started to offer sound in the end of my class and mm-hmm. I would play live sound with various instruments that I started accumulating. And it started as, you know, five minutes. And then my students would ask you know, for more of that. And I extended it to 10 minutes of a, of a mm. 90 minute or 60 minute class. It extended to 20 minutes and then 30 minutes. And then I felt like, wow, you know, this is really effective and and powerful just, just on its own. And that was at a time that sound baths were not a thing. And so I started to offer just sound uh, in the yoga studio where I taught. And then I realized that even the, the, the barrier of the yoga studio was a block for a lot of people because I would get messages like, what, you know, what should I wear? Do I need to bring a yoga mat? I don't have a yoga mat. Are we going to be doing yoga? You know, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. You just, you just come and lay down. We're just going to breathe a little bit and then you're going to listen and that's it. You can wear jeans yeah. if you want. You know, I just <laughs> really wanted to make the experience accessible to more people. So I, I started that. taking it out of the yoga studio. Yeah. So like, how did it start to take off and replace your being a yoga teacher and you getting to do this full time? I think for a long time, I was straddling two sort of different lives and what I saw as contrasting. I had this sort of nightlife musician, artist life, and then I had this green juice drinking yoga life, and I, I didn't really fit in to either mold. And it was, was when I started to say, yeah, I'm I'm just going to do both at the same time Mm -hmm. and, and be who I am and stop trying to fit into either world and just kind of make my own world and and decide. I I remember this moment where I said, wow, like, where do I want to offer a sound bath? And then I would just sit and think, and then I would reach out to those people. You know, at first it was me just kind of cold calling places and people like, Hey, I do this thing. And so I had to really like explain myself to people. And it was this persistence that I had that I knew I saw firsthand the effects that, that these types of experiences were having on people and Mm -hmm. I didn't quit. Yeah. That's really it right there. And so where was the first one that was like the big break? The first time I saw the potential as this is like definitely my path is when I, the first time I was asked to speak. Uh, And that was at Creative Mornings 
it's a global breakfast lecture series founded by Tina Roth Eisenberg. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it exists in over 180 countries around the world. And so she had reached out and she's like, people are just stressed out. Everything's crazy. I know this is so unorthodox for us, but I want you to come and lead a sound meditation as part of your talk. And it was in that moment when I felt like, I also have a lot to say about sounds and the therapeutic properties of sounds. And once I was given that platform, thanks to Tina, so many things opened up. I mean, there were so many important people in that audience who I have developed relationships with over these last few years. And it that is really something that opened up a different kind of door for me because it's not only that I'm facilitating these experiences, but I'm able to, you know, talk about why they're effective, which is so important in supporting the mission of the work, which ultimately is just being in in service of the well-being of others. That's so beautiful. It makes so much sense that it was this moment when you actually got to express the why and the what. And when she first called you, how did she know about you? The internet. She found my website. I think she pretty much like Googled sound bath. I see. And sarahoster.com came up and she just from, because she's a creative person and a designer, she thought, oh, this woman is our people. And because I'm, you know, I also have this background as an artist, I think the aesthetic of how I present is also very important to my success. So I've kind of you know, figured it out as I go along, (laughs) you know, it's just like, yeah, you need a website, you build one. I figured all this out, you know, slowly baby steps every step of the way and thinking as long as it ties back to my mission, what's my mission? I want to introduce this work and this type of experience to as many people as possible. (sighs) Two things I just want to highlight for the audience that I think are really both beautiful in being gentle with yourself and and getting into alignment, but also really important in creating your business. One, where you said that at at a certain point, you were trying to choose, am I going to be a yoga teacher? Am I going to be an artist? Or am I going to do sound baths? And at one point, you were like, nope, I'm just not choosing. I'm doing me. And then just now, you said part of the reason you think that your work resonates with people the way it does is because you're aesthetic. And there's a whole bunch of things going on that communicate that Sarah isn't only a person who loves sound hats, but she's an artist. There's something about you that it all shows up. And what I love about it is, yes, you don't have to choose. You you can actually be you. And the second piece is that in branding, in messaging, somebody once said to me, when you're trying to figure out who's your avatar, who's your customer, who's your ideal client, at the end of the day, it's you. You don't have to let go of a part of yourself. It's in fact, being more of you and putting more of those specific things that make you you into your messaging and into your branding will allow people who are like you to find you and say, that's my girl, that's my person. So you went on to do even more things. You know, your work has been featured in media outlets like the New York Times, Time Magazine. You were named one of the top meditation teachers by Oprah Magazine. How did that all start to come together? It's all been very organic, uh, you know, because the diversity that exists among the participants in my sound baths is so great, not even across just race and age and gender, but also career. And so all that press has been very organic, just from people coming and having a moving experience and saying, mm-hmm. oh, hey, I'm an editor-in-chief at Oprah Magazine, and I loved what you oh just did. <laughs> like, wow, okay, yes, let's have a phone call. <laughs> you know what I love about what you just said also is that there's so many different types of people. And sometimes when people are putting together, again, like who is their client? Who are they serving? Who is their person? We think of it in um, certain terms of like, well, it's got to be this one gender, or I'm probably serving um, a person who has this kind of job. And for you, it seems like the thing that's consistent, it's like a yearning. It's like a seeking. It's a, what would you say it is? I think it's a desire to slow down in order to connect to oneself 
internally in order to access, you know, more meaningful connections externally. I think people are not taking the time to slow down. They're not taking the time for contemplation. I feel like then meditation comes in and people have hangups about that. And so we need those moments probably daily, (laughs) but if we're giving, if we're giving it to ourselves, you know, once a week or once a month, it's certainly better than nothing. And I feel like that's the, that might be the common denominator. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'd love to hear you speak a little bit about it now. Like, you know, what is it that you think sound baths can do? You know, through this, this practice, which really is a practice of listening deeply in this context, in a sound bath uh, event or session, whatever you want to call it, it's allowing for you to cultivate that practice of listening. And why is listening so important? Because it's a skill and a tool that can be developed. And it's important because we need to get better at listening to ourselves, our internal monologue and what our body and emotions and everything inside needs from moment to moment. But when we do that, then we become better listeners in our lives with our spouses, family, partner at work. And it really gives you an opportunity to kind of let go of your agenda Mm -hmm. and just listen. And that that's really the, the big value that I see in it. And I think in this day and age when we're being asked to kind of broadcast all the time. There are not many ways built in for us to just be quiet and so reflective and, and take yep. in the things around us and, you know, take in what other people are saying. Yeah, absolutely. What did all that do for you? You know, I, I didn't realize so much later on that the biggest trauma that I had to overcome from from my accident and breaking my back was not physical trauma. It was the emotional and mental trauma of the floor breaking beneath me. And so I literally had, you know, PTSD Mm -hmm. um, reactions to loud sounds, not even loud sounds to a piece of uh, silverware dropping on the table. (laughs) So uh, then, you know, through my practice of meditation and through my practice of listening and mindfulness practices, I started to really go deep into those layers of my my relationship with sound. And it uncovered so many things and has created, you know, a huge opening for me personally in my ability to express and share through this work. So, so powerful. Okay, before we go on, let's just take a quick ad break. As someone with several businesses, I've learned that knowing your numbers is a super important piece. But it's really hard to do this when you have too many systems all over the place. It's like, ugh, I gotta have one for accounting, sales, inventory, and you end up with a huge inefficient mess. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. This is going to help you save time, money, and unneeded headaches because you can manage sales, finance, and accounting, orders, and HR instantly right from your desktop or phone. And I know as creative people, those are the things that probably intimidate us, but this is going to make it so much less stressful for you. It's no surprise that NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash dreamjob. That's netsuite.com slash dreamjob. And you can download your free guide, seven Seven key strategies to grow your profits, netsuite.com slash dream job. I know for me, the first time I did a sound bath, I didn't know what to expect. And I laid down in this room and just started to feel whatever I was feeling. I felt connected to my soul. Like I felt something beyond the physical. I, I felt connected to my grandma who had passed away. I felt connected like as if we were all just energy, just just like the vibration of the sound. I actually, I didn't even give my definition of what a sound bath is. And I always do that mm-hmm. <laughs> in every interview. Is that okay? A hundred percent. I'd love to hear it. 
Yeah, it's important to know because as you describe this very personal experience that you had in a sound bath, people are like, whoa, I definitely should try that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, here's my definition of a sound bath. A sound bath is a deeply immersive, full body listening experience, intentionally using sound to invite gentle yet powerfully therapeutic and restorative effects for the mind and body. Now, I said a lot of words <laughs> in <laughs> one sentence, but it's really about the intentional use of sound and the intent of listening as a participant. Mm -hmm. And that that intent is to invite therapeutic and restorative effects. And I use the word therapeutic and I call myself a sound therapist. Mm -hmm. And I use the word restorative, you know, very intentionally because more often you'll hear, oh, I had such a blissed out experience. I saw all these colors, you know, yeah, rainbows yeah. and stuff. Fine. That's so beautiful. However, sometimes it can feel uncomfortable because it feels like there's a shifting happening and a churning happening. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I think. And therapy isn't always pleasant. Right. And uh, when you kind of downshift uh, mentally and physically, then you're able to access this naturally restorative place in the body. And that's where healing occurs in your body. Mm -hmm. And it might not come out the way that you expected. And I always say that, you know, your experience of sound is unique to you. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. And I know that at this point, there are plenty of people doing sound baths. And yet, people like Gwyneth Paltrow are saying, please come to Goop and lead a sound bath. And you've done this in so many places. So what do you think might be the difference between the way you're leading sound baths and the way they might be led? I think that I have just a very honest way of of addressing people and inviting them into the experience. I cannot decide exactly what I'm going to say before I enter into a situation. I'm really looking at the room and the situation and whether it's, you know, doing a 30 minute corporate sound bath at Google where I'm putting my instruments on a conference table or, you know, all different kinds of situations. I am adapting to the people in front of me to really see them and to really be in conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do feel that is something that you have really created, which is so beautiful. And what I felt early on in the conversation is she's not pretentious. Like you said, if you want to come, you don't have to lay on the floor. You can sit in a chair. Like you don't have to do it anyway. I just want to create an experience for you. And I think people listening are going to love this interview because you've built a business through not only being yourself, but also just really continuing with the empathy. Like, what does this person need? And I think people listening might be really inspired. And the part that might be scary is when they, well, but Sarah picked up the phone and she like cold called and she believed so much. <laughs> I think that that's where, especially my, my community, they sort of feel like they have two values that are at odds. It's like, I want to be a really good person and I'd love to make money, but I don't know if those go together. So I'll just do the thing I do, but I won't get paid because something about getting paid or calling and selling yeah. it makes me feel like I'm bad. What encouragement would you give them? Because they're going to need to do what you did, which is like you said, I didn't quit. Yeah. And I feel like the only thing that, that fuels that is a love for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the ability to listen to what your community wants from you. For instance, you know, as I, I started facilitating sound baths and then people said, oh, you know, how can I do this at home? Do you have recordings? And I went, ha. Huh. I should make some recordings, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you just kind of like, like listen to what people want from you and then, you know, check in with yourself to see if that is in fact in line with what your mission is. And when you have those two things match up, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to make some recordings, you know, I'm going to press a vinyl record. I'm going to write a book because people want to do trainings with me. So I'm going to write this manual 
you know, that's sort of like an accessible guide to sound baths for everyone. Yeah. And that's in line with my mission of, of reaching as many people as possible, you know, through this experience. I just think when you are loving what you do that and listening, that that gives you the fuel to just kind of keep going. Yeah, which is really all empathy. It's like going back to wanting so much to serve somebody else and then listening to what they need and then making it for them. That's so beautiful. Sarah, tell us where we can find you. So it's quite simple as I'm just myself everywhere. SarahAuster.com. That's S-A-R-A, no H, A-U-S-T-E-R. And at Sarah Auster on Instagram. Those are the two places where I will be the most, but then everything else is the same. And is there something you have online or is it all there on your site? Um, It's all there on my site, but the thing that I'm most excited about is my first book that is coming out um, this November. It's available for pre-order now. It's called Sound Bath, Transform Your World Through Listening. And it's a very practical, hands-on guide offering different types of listening practices, the how and why of sound as a therapeutic tool. And I'm really excited to share that with everyone. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. And so um, thank you so much for being here. And now why don't you set up the sound recording that we're about to listen to? Okay. We can call this an at-home sound bath. Okay. And (laughs) all you'll need to do is just sort of clear distractions. So, you know, even if you're at work, just kind of put your computer to sleep and put your phone on airplane mode and, and then you're just going to get comfortable. And depending on where you are, this can be either seated or you're welcome to lie down. You know, you can feel free to adjust your body as needed, but try and choose a position that you can be still in for the duration of the recording. And then you can close your eyes. We're going to take a few breaths together. I'm going to count for four for an inhale through the nose. And then we're going to exhale through the teeth, almost like an e- a TS sound. So just listen to me first. It's almost like you're leaking the air out of your body. So let's do it together. Inhale through the nose. One, two, three. Four, exhale through the teeth. Again, inhale. One, two, three, four, exhale. Last one, inhale. One, two, three, four, exhale. And then just return back to your natural breath in and out through your nose. There's no need to adjust or control the breath. And now turn your attention to your listening. And any sounds that are already in your environment, you can just allow and accept those sounds as they are. Just for a moment, call to mind just any living, breathing human being behind the creation of those sounds, the sounds that you're already hearing in your environment, and just wish them well. And then just continue to listen now and focus on the sound just making observations. And you're just going to sit and listen during the recording. And when the recording is complete, you can allow yourself to sit in silence for one to two minutes. Listening leads to understanding. Understanding is what leads to empathy, and connection to yourself and to others. 
So you can gently start to guide your awareness back to your breath. Begin to make small movements with your hands and feet. And stretch out in any way that feels good to you. Feel free to yawn or sigh as you move. When you're ready, just slowly open your eyes. And with this subtle observation, notice how your awareness has shifted. I'm grateful for your presence and your willingness to listen with this kind of intention. And I am grateful for all that you offer to this world. Thank you, Kathy Heller, for having me and asking such great questions. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for everything that you're doing in the world. You should be continued to be blessed and just have so many opportunities to shine this love out in the world. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that interview and the at-home sound bath experience. Remember, if you want to find out more about Sarah, you can go to her website, sarahoster.com and check out her book that's coming out in November. It's called Sound Bath, Transform Your World Through Listening. Okay, time to celebrate your wins. Natsumi DM me on Instagram and she said, Hey, Kathy, just let me tell you how impactful your podcast has been. I've been listening to it for over two years now, and it has definitely changed my life. I'm a sophomore student in Japan and have been an advocate of sustainable lifestyle. I dealt with self-doubt and unworthiness and didn't feel like I can actually be an asset to the world, but you've replaced my self-criticism with your inspiring, educational, and heartwarming messages. I actually started this project to introduce vegan meals to my university and have been designing posters and teaming up with local businesses. I do believe that this is the first ever vegan meal in a Japanese university and this wouldn't have been a reality without you. Well, Natsumi, this honestly lifts me up like you wouldn't believe. Thank you so much for sharing this. I'm so proud of you for having the strength to walk forward and flip that mindset because you really are worthy and you do matter. And you're already proving to yourself that you have something special to contribute. You guys, you can go support Natsumi on Instagram at spreading.milkyway and check out her website, takeawaysofspiciness.com. Okay, next win, Steve posted in our Facebook group and said, my win of the week is learning from failing. In my work, I focus on story, particularly writing and speaking about telling the life stories that are hard to share. Some of my attempts to share my story this week have fallen flat. What I've learned from that experience is the importance of listening to the community's stories and being able to add to that story. I'm up-leveling my listening consequently. Steve, this is huge. And I'm so glad that that's what you posted as your win of the week because it's such an important shift that we have to make if we want to be able to fully serve people. It is all about listening to what they need and what they want. It's all about that empathy. I also want to applaud you for having the humility to recognize what wasn't working and share that moment because a lot of people would feel ashamed or they would use it as an excuse to give up. But you're saying, okay, I'm not getting the results I want. Why? And how can I fix that? So I'd love to hear how you continue to implement that feedback into your storytelling and align your work so you can give to your audience in even bigger ways. If you have a win you want to share with us, you can post it in the Don't Keep Your Data Facebook group or you can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. So the best way you can treat me for my birthday is by subscribing to the podcast, sharing it with a friend, and go ahead and pre-order my book. That would mean the absolute world to me. And if you send me a screenshot of your pre-order to my DMs on Instagram, I will send you back a voice message, which I've been doing for so many people. And it is just such a joy to go back and forth and talk to you. It doesn't cost anything to subscribe or to share the podcast. So go ahead and do so. And the book is only like, I think it's like less than $20 on barnesandnoble.com and you will love it. And it will make such a difference in my life if you all pre-order the book. So go ahead and pre-order the book. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with another song of mine and I'll talk to you on Monday. If dreams are made of paper, let's make paper mache. We'll build a world together with our hands. And if hope is made of helium, we'll be like balloons and float away. Wouldn't that be grand? Nothing lasts forever. So we're all a little scared But we're not giving up that easy No, we wouldn't dare Hey, hey, Mr. Sun Don't you set tonight
sunset tonight Cause we still got a million plans for the day